Welcome to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Podcast. This is the podcast for the stylist who wants to work their magic behind the chair and make more money, all without sacrificing their health both mentally and physically. I'm your host, Shelby Bancourt. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist. So I am here in Zion, and I am here with this most amazing couple, and I'm so excited to talk to them. Um, I've been eyeing one of them all day, and it's not the husband. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I really want to get you on my podcast. I'm so excited to, like, talk with you. Um, I actually met her via Zoom through the High Power Academy, and I'm sorry if you're catching wind or any, like, you know, elements. We are in the elements here in Zion. Um, Before we get started with the podcast, one thing I want to remind you is that I don't run ads on this podcast, so if you do love this message, which I know you're going to, please share it with a friend. We are all hairstylists. We all understand that word of mouth is our best form of advertisement, so please, if you like this podcast, which again, I know you're going to. You're going to love it. Hey! (laughs) Um, Please share it with a friend. So without further ado, I'm here with Britt and Chris Carmichael. I'm going to have them introduce themselves because they're going to do a way better job than I am, so... Thank you so much for inviting us to sit on this porch with you with this beautiful backdrop and have this elevated, beautiful conversation. And that's what Chris and I are. We're the founders of The Elevated Life, where we teach people simple mindset shifts to create radical transformation in their life. What we have found is change is scary for people, but it doesn't have to be hard. And we guide people through those mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional shifts that have to take place. Oh, my God. That was so beautiful. You know, I, I think that a lot of times... When people think about change being hard, what it really is about is it talking about the habit is hard to change. It's because you're so used to doing it that you've like forgotten. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I do that. You know, and everything that we do is so habitual. When you get in the shower, you shower in the same order every time you shower. You don't even think about it, you just do it. And so much of our life is like that. So when we think about change being hard, it's just realizing the habit that's holding us back. And I feel like that is really the, the opening window to getting to everything. And you know what? No one wants to be told that what they've been doing is incorrect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been the hardest part about this year is like, well, that's incorrect, the way that you do it. And now we've learned these new habits and we're like, are they correct or are they incorrect? You know, it's interesting because when we were going through all of last year with like the sensitive messaging, you know, we had to be very mindful of how we spoke as a business, as a human, as a business owner, Mm -hmm. especially if you own your own business because you're putting your however many years you've been in business on the line if you say one wrong thing and what we found is I mean we're always posting our truth our authentic message and we were hit from every side of the spectrum so no matter what like there's going to be someone that loves what you have to say or doesn't love what you have to say even if you weren't in like a hard time like there there's clients that don't really love me behind the chair I'm not everyone's best hairstylist I'm maybe someone's worst and it's just a matter of like knowing that like whatever you feel true in, like just be yourself. People aren't gonna like you and be okay with that. It's yeah. really interesting how <clears throat> we can do that in business. We can we can see like, okay, I'm not right for this client, but then we have such a hard time transitioning and doing that exact same thing when we're in person with people because we want everybody to love us, everybody to approve of us. And I'm so thankful I'm not everybody's everything. Mm. I mean, that would be, think about the responsibility that would be. It would be like, it's hard enough having a partner, you know, like to, to please them, to, to make them happy, to, to stay together. I can't imagine trying to do that with every single person. 
but we see it so clearly in one part of our life and we forget that like that's the way it is everywhere like you're not meant for everybody like that's that's not how this works let other people go and do the things that they need to do with the people who resonate with them that way they'll find their connection and you can serve the people who love you so in addition to like all the coaching and mindset work that we do i've also owned a luxury vegan salon for the last 15 years so hairdressing has taught me how women think and feel about themselves that's what inspired me to help get them through that change make them look beautiful and feel good at the same time and my first business card said life's too short to look like shit and I thought if this card offends you you are certainly not my client and I think that's been a conversation that we've been having here at hair love is that so many stylists are doing hair that they don't love and if you eliminate the gray coverage that you don't love you can make room for the rainbow yeah. And I think that's kind of, and raise your price. That's like, that's the, that's the bottom line message here. Serve who you want and make what you want. It, it's amazing because like, I guess it is fear of like, oh, do you think it's fear of rejection? Or like, if I, if I really like just only do vivids, no one's going to want to come to me, even though that's what lights my soul. Do you think that that's the problem or do you think it's because we're going to let other people down? Like, what do you think is the underlying problem with hairstylists? I think it's a combination of both. I, I definitely yeah. think it's both of them because when you go through hair school, and I was lucky enough to, to meet Britt as she was going through hair school, and I worked during the day and she would go to hair school at night. And so what I would do is as soon as I got off work, I would go to hair school with her. I just sat and luckily we were- We were such rebels in a very sketchy school that didn't give a shit as long as you paid, you know? So you're like a hairdresser. He, I, I know all the stuff. He very much oh. could. He's a hairdresser without the paper. Just don't give me don't give me any scissors. I mean, I can do the color. Sounds like Miami. <laughs> 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 it, and, it, and it's exactly so, I remember, you know, she, she's going to school and I was already in business. I'd already owned businesses and they never taught her any kind of business side of anything. You know, mm -hmm. she knew how to do hair. She, she could, she could cut. Okay. You know, they taught you. Okay. okay. Hey. Uh, you were fantastic, but the <laughs> techniques that they taught sure, you were sure. what you needed to pass a test. Some zero yes. degree haircut. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're still using like, you know, like, like roller sets and stuff like that. Like yeah. how, how, and then like, you don't do that. And so, so much of what we are told as people, and parents do this all the time, I see parents all the time doing this, they're preparing their kids for the world they live in. And when the kids get their age, they're not going to be in the same world. Mm -hmm. And so, hair has changed, just in the same way that now tattoos are accepted. There was a time when we first got tattoos, people were like, what are you doing? What are you gonna do when you're older? Like, I'm gonna look like a badass, like that's what I'm gonna do. Ooh, but it's because the world, the world keep, is, is constantly in this flux. And if you're preparing yourself or listening to people who are old school, like they can give you certain wisdom, certain knowledge, but what they can't do is show you what's right for you. And so you have to go in, take what they've got with a grain of salt and not just apply it to everything blindly. You say, well, well, this doesn't light me up, so I'm not gonna go down this path. You know, it's like at the, at the restaurant, you're not gonna order a meal that you don't want, even if someone suggests it. Like, I don't like mushrooms. So if someone's like, oh man, you wanna get this mushroom meal? No, thanks, I don't need that. I will pick something that I, I thanks for the suggestion, but I'm gonna pick something that I need. And, and we forget to do that in life, that we are the ones who are making and creating everything. And so often we just let other people make our decisions. And so we think, and because people tell us that you won't get money for that. I mean, I, I remember listening to some of Brit's people, you know, some of her family be like, well, you'll never make money being a hairstylist, which is total nonsense. Yeah. That's total nonsense. I, I mean, hair is a, a very lucrative thing if you're doing it correctly. And then you have to like figure out who do I want to serve? Like, what's that client look like for me? 
do I like people who are crazy when they come in? Or you know, super drama. If, if drama is your thing, get those drama clients. If you like being chill and relaxed, you want to have people that tip you. You want people that pre-book. You want people that that buy all the products that they need and more and give them to their friends and tell everybody about you. You have to get that client. So you have to be like consciously thinking about what it is that you want and not missing out on what life could be like because you're stuck in someone else's little kind of story. To your point, in the beginning of every hairdresser's career, I feel like they feel obligated to take on every single client because they want money. They're like, I just need money to survive. I got to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I think as you start to mature in your craft and you also figure out what you love to do, what you're passionate about and what pays the bills without so much effort, you know. Um, once you start to narrow down and like where you, what you seem to attract for me, I start when I was in my twenties, I attracted rainbow emo hair, you know, rainbow hair emo kids because that's what I was. Mm -hmm. But as I've gotten older and like more advanced in my craft, I am a blonde specialist and I'm in Texas. So I'm very important. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I look at like my, my clientele, I'm like, Oh, it's like mainly blondes because that's what I've kind of crafted into my passion for like, please stop putting yellow and orange in the hair. You know, like Mm -hmm. can we have beautiful, healthy blondes? And that's kind of what has evolved over time. And knowing that you don't have to serve everyone. And when you make room and create that boundary in your life to block out the things that aren't bringing you joy or aren't bringing you abundance, you actually finally make room for, and here's where where my woo-woo comes out, you make room for the universe to bring you those people that you're desiring but not giving the space to show up because you're still holding on to the old. Yeah. I Okay, so Brittany, you said you had a talk here at Hair Love, and you said something that, you were like, I feel like everyone's asking me about this thing. It's going to be my thing from now on. And it's probably my favorite thing I've ever learned. And it's totally going to change how I make decisions from here on out. Um, but I don't want to say it. I want you to say it. Go for it. Tell a story about okay. when it actually happened. Okay. So yeah. Chris and I have been together for 15 years. We literally do everything together. Like he came to, it started in beauty school. He's like, I'm going to be there by your side. He wasn't you know, getting paid to do that or learn, you know, getting paper. So we've just like developed this relationship where we do everything together. So there was a time where we were invited, it was Easter. And I was like, he asked me, Hey, how bad do you want to go to this? Oh, on a scale. He goes on a scale of one to 10. Oh, four. I don't really want to go. I'm like really feeling my PJs. It's kind of rainy outside. Like, you know, that mood where you're like, you want to go be with your family. You want to go do the things like, there's the love there for sure, but there's just like something else in that specific moment that makes you feel like, you know, that just isn't what would feel awesome for me. And when he said that to me, it was just like a, an eye-opening experience that I could match my feelings and what I desire with my logic. So I can use a number scale. So it was like incorporating all parts of myself and that, that was the basis of seven or above rule. So it's the seven or above rule, and you get to decide if you want to consciously create your life. Why would you ever choose anything less than a seven? Seven is actually my favorite number. I was born on the seventh. Me too. Were you? Yeah. Whoa. Um, Wait, what month? Oh, you're August. Yeah, Yeah. February. February. Oh, so we're like exactly six months. I don't know. I don't know why I talk like that. Um, That's so cool. I and like my password is seven 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 seven. Like everything's seven for me. So I love that the seven. Should you divulge that on your podcast? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) If you see my phone, that's the password. (laughs) Not changing it. (laughs) But oh, I just love that. Um, Did you want to say anything about? I. It's such a powerful tool. I think that. 
so often the reason why we don't do certain things in our lives is because we sit in this moment of indecision. And so we end up just feeling obligated to do things that we're not happy about, that, that don't bring us any joy. Like that's, I remember that specific Easter, it, I knew it was going to be a drain. I knew we were going to go there and the whole time we were there, I was going to be like, hey, I sure wish we were home. It would be much better. Plus when she's worked like a long week and had clients the whole time, it's like sometimes you just need that time for yourself. And even if it is a special day or even if it is a something, sometimes you just have to say, listen, today I have to honor me and I have to really like have this be a part of like my healing, my journey so that when I do go out back and, and serve and show up and people were resistant, they hated it that we, that we didn't show up for a while and so we didn't show up to a few things just because we were like i don't feel it today and what was weird is there was suddenly this switch where people we no longer felt obligated to do anything and people started like really really being excited when we did show up uh, they, knew, yeah. we showed they up knew they knew they were a seven or above if we showed up people yeah. will say that now mm -hmm. when they know our rule they'll, they'll come into our lives they're like i knew this was a seven or above for you guys because you guys wouldn't do it otherwise mm -hmm. and, and it, it, it's so simple but boom yeah, I love that. I mean, I moved away from my family when I was 21. I moved across the country. I'm from Massachusetts, and I moved to Florida. And I remember the first time I, I went home, um, and I felt like a fucking celebrity. It was like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Shelby's here. And I'm like, my it, it made my connections with my family so much better because it was like that little, I was like, I'm the celebrity. Like, I, I will only show up if, like, not that I will only show up if I'm a celebrity. But, like, <laughs> it made my connection with my dad so much stronger because I, it was that limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. So when you're, and I was really joyful. And to you go. wanted to be there. He yeah. wanted to be there. I wanted to be there. We both made that effort to be there. It mm -hmm. was that seven or above. But, yeah. like, I think about, like, going up to Massachusetts now, I'm like, that's not a seven, that's like a two. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, I think that you can apply it to like different things. And I think it is cool with our family and with our friends. You don't always have to say yes to every invitation. In fact, it's better when you do say no, because in the times that you do say yes, it's, you're that celebrity, you're, you know, mm -hmm. you feel more celebrity-like. But I, that was kind of like a tangent away from the seven or above. But the seven or above is like, you. it's okay to feel like you want to do something, but if it's not a seven, it gives you that permission to be like, I want to, but not that bad. Yeah. And because like, you, you no know, one wants to think like, oh, I don't want to go to my family's. Like, yeah, it, that's where the guilt comes in. Or I don't want to do a root touch up. Yeah. It's like, I generally like doing root touch-ups. Are they a seven? I don't know. I'm going to reevaluate my business on the way home. Like, watch, um, watch out, clients. Yeah. <laughs> She's leveling up. <laughs> like, you're not a seven. Sorry. And that, you know, that's what I wanted to share. Like, what is the one takeaway I'm going to share in my keynote? You know, keep it simple and really focus on self-love. I really wanted to drive home that we've got to take care of ourselves, stop beating ourselves up. But what's that one tangible, practical thing that you can take away that you can not only apply to your personal life, but to your client list, to every action you take, like the whatever the services you offer, the prices that you charge, like are, are the prices that you charge a seven or above right now? Or do you get resentful when you check someone out or discount something because you feel like maybe that toner didn't take like you thought it should, but your client doesn't fucking know the difference and you didn't even need to shortcut yourself, but you're just, you know, self-sabotaging? You know, every time I've done that, like let I, I had a client where um, I toned her extensions and I knew that they weren't, like, it was probably time for her to switch out her extensions, but I didn't because I didn't think about it ahead of time. I didn't have the extensions. And instead of charging her for the toner, I didn't, but I didn't tell her I didn't charge her for the toner. So a few weeks go by and she's like, hey, I feel like my extensions are looking a little wonky. And I'm like, well, you know, 
I noticed that. I toned them. I didn't charge you for it. She's like, well, you didn't tell me you didn't charge me for it. And I'm still unhappy with my extensions. I wish you would have just told me like, hey, your extensions don't look good, but I wasn't prepared. So I'm just going to tone them so I can get you in the next time with new hair. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, so it's a huge lesson. It's like, if you do feel like something's not right and you are going to discount them, fucking at least tell them. Yeah. Like, at least be like, hey, you know, or like, you know, like you're saying, most of the time they won't notice, but when you know that they are going to notice, you can be honest with yeah, them. Yeah, be and honest. Yeah, don't just, uh, like, I call it emotionally discounting. Like, don't emotionally yeah. discount mm-hmm. yourself. Like, oh, you know, Christina's going through a lot right now, and, you know. Mm. It's weird because when you do that, it's like the, even though there's, there's always going to be those random times where you give a person a break because they're, like, really going through it. You know, like, where they've, like, lost somebody, lost their job in the same week, and it's, you're like, holy those people are like in a separate category yeah like that's yeah. when like hell's they're walking through hell and you're going to be a friend right now because like mm-hmm. they need a friend more than they need a stylist but they're there with you yeah but the, but for the majority part where you're talking about when you do that the second that you discount any service people no longer value it and the clients that you discount services to will go and complain about you they'll give negative reviews i mean case in point yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. will go and tell people that you didn't do a good job. Yeah. And it's weird because if you charge the person for the same thing, yeah. I'm not talking about you did different work, but if you charge them like you would normally charge them, charge them more, yeah. they'll go and tell their friend how great it is mm. because they perceive if I spent a lot of money, it was good. And you put that energy into it, whether it's unconscious messaging that you're giving your client when you're making that energetic exchange they're giving you money for the service and that you provided and when you are have that guilt or that you know all the icky feelings that they may not pick up on it but it's still there that's still the energy that they walked away from it's like having bad vibes in a restaurant and like you don't want to go you know it's like i don't know there's something off about that even on the receiving end like if someone does my hair i want to pay for it because i don't want you to treat me not like a client because i'm like i have a fucking image I want my hair to look good and I want to be like I, my time is fucking valuable so like one of my client one of my stylists she doesn't charge me for a haircut but every time I'm like dude you treat me like a fucking client let me have the pleasure of paying you for this because that I have pleasure in paying for things that I like yeah let me have that transaction so what if your clients feel that way clients actually like you know everyone likes you know a break and be like oh yeah I'm like kind of in but at the same time people like getting nice things that's why Louis Vuitton is expensive because someone, you know, my clients, they fucking pop their purse right on my station mm-hmm. and they want me to compliment the fact that they had this expensive their purse. Their status. Their status. Mm-hmm. They, they bought this expensive thing. It's really nice. They're proud of it because I'm sure, like, some of them didn't really work that hard for it, but some of them did. And, you know, in Miami. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think that, you know, Think about that when you're discounting someone. What if you are stripping them from the joy of having that luxurious service mm. or that luxury item? I, I would love to share something on Go. this. The One of the best pieces of, of advice that Chris gave me in the beginning of my business when I was struggling with worth and money, I mean, it came up from the trailer park. You know, like I had mm. to overcome a lot of limiting scarcity beliefs. And he looked at me and he said, you are always going to be too cheap for somebody. And that just made me triple my prices. I was like, well, why not serve that caliber of client? Not to say that anything less than is bad, but for the for what I desire and the, the goals that I have for myself, like this is where I want to operate. And so why not choose 
to be that like upgrade your services i call myself a luxury vegan salon because there are touches from the second they cross that threshold that other people aren't thinking about i mean yes now we're starting to do aromatherapy card readings which how, how many how many stylists are pulling you know self-affirmation love cards for their clients like we're always trying to innovate ways to like add little touches a warm towel when they lay down at the shampoo bowl you know a, a pillow cushion under their neck like what are the little touches that will take no effort no extra real money like cost me a lot of money to be able to provide this experience for them so that they feel like they're getting massive amount of value and it makes them like man I feel good about I feel special like Chris said when you pay that higher price you're invested literally and so it makes you um it makes you makes you want to shine brighter because there's like that that self-love that you give to yourself yeah and coming back to the whole you're talking about giving and receiving which yeah. is a really interesting topic because when you think about you know a lot of people talk about manifesting and you know you have to you have to ask for something and, and but then you also have to receive it yeah. And I think so often we, we don't have problems asking. I mean, a lot of people know what they want, but then they have a hard time like actually believing that they deserve it or believing that someone should give it to them or believe that it should be easy to acquire or, or having those kind of beliefs. And it's so weird because I've met so many people in my life that were huge givers, but they could never receive anything. And just from your perspective, like you were talking about, what that does is it blocks the other person from being able to share with you. You make, when you don't receive, someone else doesn't get to give. Mm. And so you screw it up. Like yeah. you mess it up for them, not just you, but you've screwed them up too now. And it's just so important to, to realize that sometimes you give and sometimes you receive. Yeah. It, you know, um, Elizabeth calls like it like choking the universe. Like don't choke the universe. It, yeah. I, I like that. It's, you're you're not completing the transaction. Exactly. I love that. That's and, really, really cool. And think about it. Do you love to give to people? I that's my love language. And it feels so good, right? I, yeah. Good. So don't you think we all feel that same way? Yeah. We want to give. Yeah. And so when you don't receive, you deny us that gift. Mm. And that feeling. So yeah. you take that away because you don't feel like, "Oh, well, I don't want to take away." But do you ever feel like you've been taken away or you don't have enough to give when you're serving? No. no. Right. Yeah. So you're not taking away, you're allowing for more. Because yeah. you both can share that feel good. It's so counterintuitive. That seems very counterintuitive to make it work like that, but that is definitely how it works. You know, just being able to open yourself up and, you know, when people compliment you or people bring you gifts, and it's weird because, like, once you start receiving all those things that were like blocks in your life, you're like, well, why don't I meet the person that I want to meet? Why can't I find this opportunity? And why don't, why are these clients? A lot of times it's because you're not open to receive. A lot of times they're right there. They're like literally looking you in the face. They're like trying to tell you. They're trying to beat you over the head, but you're just, just totally blind to what they're saying. And then you start opening yourself up a little bit to receive. And you're like, this, this is easy. Like, this is so much easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, there's struggles. There's stuff that happens, of course. But it opens you in such a way that like you receive so much more. And then what happens when you receive more and what you find as you do that is that you give more. And you, you make the circle bigger. And so everyone's feeling good a lot more often because yeah. it's this constant give and take. Yeah, give when and they take, give when people take. pay for your Starbucks, you want to pay for the next one. You want to like create yeah. that ripple effect of kindness. So like when you deny the receiving, you stop that ripple effect because you don't know how far that started. You know, like where did it begin? Yeah. So it's very, it's just an interesting thing. I was gonna say it's very fascinating. A lot of people to think miss this. That way. You know, they really they mm -hmm. really miss the receiving end. Yeah. You know, a lot of people it's easier for them to give most times. You have some takers in the world that just take take take. Sure. 
Yeah. But I mean, but most that's like the two percent. Yeah, like m- most people in my life are givers, and they just give and give and give and give and give, and then they just kind of like don't think about themselves. They forget, and I see that so much with stylists. I mean, you know, being in the salon all the time opened my eyes to you know what are women going through? How do we? And as a guy, you don't know any of that stuff. Like we are so dumb to it. No one explains it. We don't know anything about periods. We don't know anything about any kind of emotional toll that happens. We don't. We don't have the same kind of social uh, togetherness that you guys have. And as a male, we're stupid about it. I mean, we just we know what we're going through. And, and being able to see and hear and listen to women's stories, because, you know, in the salon, they share everything. I mean, it's the, the stylist knows stuff that the husband doesn't know. They know mm-hmm. stuff that the mom doesn't know. They know mm-hmm. stuff that the best friend doesn't know. I mean, people admit stuff. <laughs> they the know sal- stuff that they don't even know. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, <laughs> people go in there, and, and because it's such a sacred space, you know, it, it's so much more beyond the hair. It's, it's such a, it's such a just beautiful space that's created where people can just be like, shit, this is me. And because they're paying you for their time, they're like, all right, you're going to listen, I guess, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm throwing my nickel down on the, on the table, so. You know, let's see where we go. Uh, we, we charge our worth <laughs> yeah. way more than a Some nickel. shekels? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, I, I realize that most women, at least that we've come into contact with, are givers. And they don't know how to receive. They, they don't know how. And a lot of times maybe someone didn't give them that love that, that they've been. But, but the trick about love is that you give it to yourself. I mean, if, if you're looking at looking for it in somebody else or in something, it, it, just, it will never happen. It, that, it, that's not how it is. And if you start to give it to yourself, what ends up happening is that people appreciate you more. Same with our seven or above rule. When we told the people, we're not coming, it was weird for a little bit, and then everybody appreciated us. Because we finally stood up and said, that's not right in my life. And it's weird because once you do it a couple times, you don't refrain from doing it ever again. You can't go back. It doesn't, yeah. and it's not weird. Like, I'd never feel guilty about it. If, if it's a no for me, what am I going to feel guilty about? Like, what is the guilt going to help me do? Well, you're going to feel guilty if you say, like, yes. Yeah. Twice. You're yeah. gonna feel guilty the time that you say yes, and then the time, and then the time that you're there. Yeah. And you, you, you resent them. Yeah. And then you, you're not gonna have a connection. You know, the, the the problem with us is that when we are in our head, which is what resentment is, when when you have resentment, you're thinking of something that's better than whatever is happening right then. You're like, and you caused this bad thing to happen to me, and I want to be over here having a good time. And so you constantly spend all this time in thought. And every time we're thinking, we're hallucinating things. Thoughts are just things that happen in our imagination. So if, you, if you're in the future, like, how are you ever going to connect with the person? How are you ever really going to be able to listen to them? You're not. You're somewhere daydreaming mm. in some other land. So it's so much better if you just tell them, like, hey, look, I'm not feeling up to it today. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I'll catch you guys next time. I hope you have a great time. I love you. I'll see you soon. I'm going to rest. I got to rest today. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to do fun shit. I felt that so much behind the chair when I was working, like, late at night. Like, I used to be proud. Like, I would literally say, like, yeah, I work late nights. I work 10-hour days. I was so fucking proud. I was like, look at how hard of a worker I am. Mm -hmm. And then I started developing resentment to my client, who was my late client, Mm -hmm. that I loved. That I was like, you're, I fucking love you. I love doing your hair. I love your, like, I love this clientele I've built. But I'm resentful that you are going home to have dinner after this and I'm not and you're like you left work two hours ago and here you are on your time off just relaxing and I'm not you know how I felt with my late night clients because I did as I shared in my story I did a lot of stripper hair in the beginning and they operate late you know so I was doing 12 a.m. hair like what the hell I was in my 20s so I had the energy (laughs) but only for so long and then you burn out and I remember um, the moment where I stopped working late. I was doing my last client's hair, 
and I was tired. I was drained. The sun had gone down, so there's no energy. You know, the energy is like going slow. And I just, I thought, am I giving her my best? Yeah. And I'm charging her the same price I charged my first client when I had 10 times more energy. And that was a lesson in energy management and how can I maintain that throughout my clientele or like throughout the whole day of work. And then also what is sustainable for me where my energy is at the highest. And so I stopped working after 6 p.m. And that was a game changer. And only in the winter, it started in the winter because I'm like, when the sun goes down, I have all these glass windows. And so it's very affects, you know, the the vibe and the lighting. So like who wants to take pictures at at night, you know? So I just, in the winter, I was like, I'm going to take off and it's slower, you know, whatever, until it's Christmas. Like, I mean, I'm always booked, but you get the vibe, you know, it's like, you're more telling yourself right now. Cause (laughs) when you're, when you're always busy, there's no slow season. Right. Yeah. Yeah, But I feel like in the winter, it's like hibernation mode. You don't really want to go out. You want to stay at home. And so I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just start taking off at six o'clock and in the summer I'll change it, you know, a little later when the summer rolled around. I'm like, hell no, I'm never working after (laughs) six o'clock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not available for you anymore. Yeah. And it felt so good. I will never go back. Now I'm trying to make it four o'clock. Right, right before Hair Love, I was like reevaluating my my schedule, and I was like, okay, um, I have a co-stylist. She's not my assistant. She's my co-stylist. Unique situation. Here. I have that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, she's gonna be full time renter, uh, and she's like moving on, so I'm not gonna have that help. So I was like, fuck, I need to work one more hour in order to fit in two full heads. So I was like, I'm not willing to give up my afternoons because leaving at 6.30 for me now, like if I stay till 7.30, no, I'm going to be resentful. Yeah. Maybe I'll come in at 10 a.m. But coming here, I texted my sister who manages everything, and I was like, I'm not coming in at 10 a.m. That is going to cut into my happiness. It's going to cut into my routine. It's going to cut into, like, me moving my body, my, my morning ri- ritual, which yeah. I, like, I love morning times. I love, like, I get up very early and I love having that time to myself because it's like my fucking peace. It's the it, best time. It's, it's the best. I don't go in yeah. until noon because I need like three hours of fill my cup before I can go pour a sustainable mm. amount of energy into all these other people. And I used to roll out of bed at like 11.30 a.m. Like I'm waking when I, her up. Waking me up. And like, babe, you're going to be there in 30 minutes. And like throw my hair in a ponytail. And it was because I had no energy management. I mm. wasn't, I would stay up super late, you know, after I'd get off from working. Because you get home at 12 and you eat dinner at after midnight. Like your body can't just like, at least mine, my body doesn't just shut down. Like yeah. I'm exhausted. Or but I my, would like crash. Yeah. I would come home and like somehow get into the shower and then sleep with the towel around my body oh my that's like a real I, crash i would just crash it's I would gonna be, be like, one of the two you're yeah the other. you're yeah. either like wired out of like total exhaustion or you are out yeah now like that was that was me forever i didn't eat dinner like i was like i, I don't eat dinner i'm not hungry i just want to go to bed wow. i'm exhausted i'm mental and i didn't know how to hold space at that time i didn't know how to like you know, I didn't know that my boundaries were, weren't being met. I was just like, yeah, this is just how it is on, you know, the days that I work. I only work four days, so I'll just sacrifice, you know, dinner on those four days and just have a really good breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's right? funny how you rationalize it to yourself. Yeah, and then you go do it and you're like, I knew from the beginning that this would suck. Like, why did I even tell myself this was going to be good? Because it's not. Yeah. And I, I think that the important thing is to like, the moment that you realize that it's not working, stop doing it. Mm, like yeah. don't if you're like man i really don't like this okay like let's stop it if, if if we can't stop it for whatever reason 
then it's immediately to put some sort of plan in action to get us out of that. You know, and into something new. That's what I talked about from the beginning. It's, it's all about habits. It's all about what you think you can sustain for a long period of time. And sometimes you're wrong. Yeah. And so you have to figure that out for yourself and be like, all right, well, that didn't work for me. And you know, because like, how good are your personal relationships? How much time are you spending in your morning? Like, how much time are you giving to yourself? How much intimacy are you having with your partner? Is that, is that falling apart? Are you spending time with your kids? And if you're not, something's wrong and you have to look at it. You know, you have to start being aware of it and being okay with like, all right, this was a fail. Well, let's let's go back to drawing board. Let's recreate it. Let's not keep failing further. Let's just let's just take a pause, regroup, let's move forward. Yeah, one of, one of the things that really changed it for me was like hearing you are what you tolerate. And yeah. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I tolerate those late nights. I tolerate those clients that and like my clients weren't abusive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was me. Like yeah. it, it was me being like, oh no, this is success. This means I'm successful. Like, this means I can, you know, do all the things. But I tolerated that. And, like, when it comes down to, like, health and all of that, it's like, you you tolerate this lifestyle. Like, you tolerate feeling like this. And that's not having the tool of, like, seven or above. Yeah. Because how do you know what your boundary of toleration is? Or, like, where, where does that... How do you scale that, you know? Like, how do you even justify, like, what is... How does this make me feel? And usually when resentment follows, then, you know... It's toleration, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you can have the awareness of that feeling, you can you can know easily when something's wrong, and not wait six months or wait a year where you hate more stuff, and just be like, wow, I I, I need that change. I need let's let's change it. Let's talk about it. I mean, that's what you know, being in a relationship or having a partner in business. You know, the second those things come up for you, you got to talk about it to each other. You got to say, hey, wh- what's the deal here? Yeah. This is beautiful. I feel like this is so magical. I hope that as you're driving in the car, you can just like hear this rain and you're kind of like tripping out a little bit. Like it's not raining, but it sounds like it. (laughs) Wow. Wow. The sunset now. Sunset over the mountains of Zion. There's clouds, this rain washing over the desert. It's a nice sprinkle. And it's done. And now it's done. That was just a cleansing. So whatever bullshit you came into this podcast with, I hope this experience is helped you to just reevaluate your perspective and what you're tolerating and feel good about creating a life that you love. And be okay with like letting go of anything that's just not serving you. Let it, let it really let it just be washed away and be okay with that. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying on something new and just be honest with people. Like don't, don't beat around the bush. You tell them, Hey, I'm trying something new. I'm gonna see if this works. You want to be a part of it? You want to support me during this? I, I appreciate that. Let yeah. them know. And rather than resenting people, you know, you just appreciate them. You just, you, you meet them where they are, you know, because we can't change them, so. Yeah. I mean, so, you guys are obviously in a relationship, so, um, let's talk about the, the relationships. Like, so when we, when we think about, like, the hairstylist who's like me, okay, the overwhelmed hairstylist who is, doesn't really, who thinks that they're, you know, they're, this is their version of success. And like, hey, I'm like, I'm working late, I'm doing all these things, I, I haven't lear- heard about seven or above. Um, and I just, I think that if my boyfriend didn't understand like hard work in the way that I understood it, we wouldn't have been together. Like if he was like, you know, in, in a different mindset, but now he's seeing like my form of hard work. I don't know where I'm really getting with this, but I kind of want to like know from a relationship point of view of how, like what you would say to the person who's like, but how do I make my husband understand um, why I work so hard or why I need these boundaries or like to like make a good choice. Like 
implement the seven or above if we don't want to, if I don't want to really do something. Yeah, I think it starts with communication and what Chris and I did was a very simple, it, it was total, totally by accident. We wanted to get healthier, so we decided every day we're gonna walk for an hour. And during those hour walks, there's after no, the salon. after the salon, there's no cell phones, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no TV, there's no distractions. And so guess what we did? We fucking talked. Mm. And we shared. Yeah. And we said, hey, here's what went on in my day, what went on in your day, how are you feeling? Where do you want to go? What are we doing? Do we have goals? Like, and we just started checking in and asking those questions. And we did it every single day for an hour at a time. And I think that consistent time of communication and, and making a point to do, I mean, he wouldn't let me skip. I'm like, the ch I want to cheat on the workouts. And he's like, nope, we're, we're going. Yeah. Put your shoes on. I'm like, <laughs> and it'd be midnight. I'm like, man, I'm tired. And he's like, got to do it. And so I'm so grateful that he was disciplined enough to create that ritual and habit for us to find a way to communicate. And walking outside is a really easy, flowy way to like look forward together rather than facing each other where you feel like maybe... You're being you're attacked. Be, you're, yeah, yeah, you're being attacked because you know you're, you feel like you're coming at them versus like let's go together in the same direction and just share how we feel and how can we navigate that path together. Yeah, yeah I try to imagine it as we're creating the same vision in front of us together. Mm. Because if I'm looking at her, like she said, a lot of times you're going to feel more attacked mm -hmm. because some people are more loud when they get excited. You know, it, it, it ranges, and so. You want to be able to know where your partner's at. Like, can they take that kind of energy? Or do you need to walk together, look forward, and make, make a vision that way? And when you start doing that, you start to realize most of the times that your dreams are slightly off, but that they overlap. And so you want to find the part where they overlap. And you want to really concentrate on that. Because it's easier to build the same dream together. And, you know, to, to your question about you know, what, 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 with the guy and like, how does he accept like where you are and a thing like that. And, and the reality is the, the right guy will always accept that. Like the, the right guy will always support whatever the dream is. It should be irrelevant, you know, because like if you're in it really in a relationship, you know, it's, it's such a team effort, but it's so much, it's so much about support. Like we're going to conquer this mountain together. Yeah. This is going to be a thing we do. I'm going to help you. And, and that's what I've always told Britt. I, I don't care what you do. I'm going to help you do it. Like yeah. whatever that means, it doesn't matter either. If I've got to go read certain books, if we got to go to certain conferences, if we need to meet certain people. Or drive to Zion in the middle of the desert just to support and be here. So it doesn't matter. So, so that's the relationship. When someone's like, oh, hey, well, what are you looking for in a partner? You're like, oh, tall, dark, and handsome, or, you know, yada. No, no, no. Find someone that will support the shit out of you. And do the dishes. That will, like, <laughs> yeah, from, like, an emotional <laughs> yeah. standpoint. Because that person cares about you. They're going to ask you how are you doing. And when it's not, when they can tell it's not good, they're going to say, what can we do to change this? Or is this something where I don't need to step in and we're just going to let it be? You need to, you need to like, waft over for a while. And, and I think that finding a partner like that or talking to your partner just very openly and being extremely honest. If you can't be honest with your partner, forget it. I mean, yeah. so the relationship is over. Yeah. Like, if you already feel like, no, I can't tell them that, it's over. Like, it is. You're at the, you're somewhere at, at the end. Because you have to have someone that you can really communicate with. And it, it, it means sharing your vision for life because they can help you get there. If they're, if, if you can have a supportive partner, it's suddenly there's like there's four of you because you're not arguing with them. You're not spending time doing that. When Britt gets home or she has extra things to do and she's busy, like Britt is busy all of the time. And so like 
I have to come to terms with that because that's part of the vision that she has. She super cares about what she does and she's extremely passionate about it. And so like, I want to be there to support her. Sometimes that means we get less alone time. So that, so the time that we do have together, it's so connected. Like it is ridiculous. Like when you went to go see your dad, you know, and there's like that time in between, it just makes it so much more special. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we're like spending a month of time apart, but I mean, from an energy standpoint, because we work together. So I see her nonstop, but she's busy doing, helping other people, you know, serving in that way. And so when we spend time together though, it's a cutoff period. Yeah. You know, in the morning for us, like you're talking about a, having a morning routine that really works for you. And that's what we have. The morning is me time. Like we don't even spend time together. Britt does her own stuff alone in that side of the house. I'm in a different side of the house doing my own stuff. I like to read, uh, I, I'm a super book reader. And so it, it's like, a, it's, it's me time. Mm-hmm. But at night, before we're going to bed, give a good period of time, whatever I, you know, whatever you can give, that's intimacy time. Yeah. So if you're intimate with your partner, and that doesn't always mean sex, yeah. you know, it can just mean, it can mean a conversation. Maybe just chill out in the bed and listen to good music, turn the lava lamp on or something, you know, just do something that whatever resonates with you. Ooh, I and love lava lamp. Yeah, yeah, light the incense, yeah. like get the candles out. Like it, it's not expensive <laughs> and it doesn't take a lot to do it, but you're showing the other person like, hey, I'm not thinking about anything else right now. I don't want to even talk about my day. I just want to talk about you. And I want to talk about how beautiful you are and how much I appreciate what you're doing. And Y'all, that's I, the kind I of think, partner. I yeah, think everything's right? incredible. That is real intimacy. And so when you actually have, it's like, you know, you get this like oceans roaring kind of sex because you're so connected. Oh, I see his know. motive here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whatever works, right? It's, Busted. It's, it's so true though. That, that's what you're looking So you're looking for that kind of thing in a partner. You're looking for that kind of a thing in a business because you're creating it. And in a yeah. client. Like you're always building yeah. things. And like she said, you know, talking about what you tolerate yeah and i feel like a lot of us in relationships kind of have somebody that we tolerate we don't oh. even Ooh. and, and i'm just thinking do you have clients that you're tolerating right now that aren't a seven or above like what my philosophy was this and i put a sign good vibes only on the door like it for real and if you come and pray you're out you're gone blocked goodbye no more because if i only have so much life to live and so many hours in a day to experience what i came here to experience why when i chose to be my own entrepreneur would i create a life where i'm spending time with toxic people that Mm. just seems fucking crazy to me and so i just hey if our first date didn't go well thanks hope you find someone else love you see you bye yeah and it's it can be that simple like you don't have to hang on to them just because they picked you yeah get out of here and without being mad about it too like being happy that's another relationship thing that's another client thing that we're talking about is that when the time has come to let somebody go, you let them go. And you tell them like, hey, now's the time. Yeah. I'm letting you go. I, I appreciate you, thank you for, for what you've done and I'll catch you next time. Yeah. And it, let it be like that easy. But we, we like worry about how it's gonna be weird. But I tell you what, if, if you can just endure like five minutes of weird, I mean, it saved you a lifetime it's of being frustrated. Better than 50 years of fucking Yeah, being bullshit. upset and then yeah. tucking yeah. your emotions down mm-hmm. and never admitting it because it makes you feel weird or guilty or shameful. Like, it's so silly how we do that. Yeah. It's just so much easier just to tell the person, like, I'm not into this. Yeah. I've, I've got to let it go. Yeah. And always just making everything kind of that easy. It, yeah. it gets hard because we, we like, um, we're like, well, they're not that bad. You know, we justify, we justify it. But, like, yeah. the, the seven or above thing is great. I love that you guys, like, moved your body, and that was your form of, like, time together. Josh and I, we did the program called 75 Hard, and you oh, yeah. do. Yeah. So we did that together. So a lot of walks at night. Yeah, and yeah. There was, the first time that we did it, um, 
we would go for our second walk. Like, we would go for a walk. We didn't have bicycles or anything like that, and it was so nice. Like, we both didn't have our cell phone, only on the timer, and we had that, like, time to, like, talk. Mm -hmm. And, oh, then, like, before that, it was, like, shower time. Like, shower, like, we would always, like, shower together. And it didn't even have to be, like, sexual. It was just, like, we don't have cell phones in here. Mm -hmm. Tell me. Talk to me. Tell Mm -hmm. me how your day was, or tell me, like, how you're feeling right now, or, like, you know, whatever, like, whatever you do in the shower, it, like, I would tell people, like, I shower my boyfriend every single day, but Mm -hmm. it's not even, like, a, like, it didn't have to be a sexual thing, it was just, like, that was our alone time, uh, our time that, like, we were so close to each other, Mm -hmm. because the shower was small, and, (laughs) and, like, those are the best showers, yeah, Yeah. I mean, no, I really like a big shower, I I mean, but it's, it's, but it's okay. Like, I, I think sometimes people feel feel weird about talking about or, be, you know, about being intimate with their partner. Like, it's such an important thing. Like, and if you're not... Well, if you're not intimate with your partner, who the fuck are you intimate with? You're, you're, yeah. And definitely not yourself. Like, we all have sex. Express, yeah. Right? Like, I sure hope sorry so. to my parents who are listening. <laughs> but I just, I just, I just think okay. that... I mean, it's obviously the most powerful energy. There's, like, no dispute to that because it creates new life, which is absolutely yeah. absurd when you think about it. Yeah, whatever you, like, believe in procreation is through sex though like, yeah i mean all, we're all, designed that way all of nature's that way you see like the the male robins look beautiful and the female robins look kind of different he's trying to attract a maze like look how beautiful i am like check at least the peacock well the male maybe you guys feathers. should be wearing the makeup and not us listen yeah. if we didn't i didn't create this that's a marketing scheme yeah. makeup is a marketing scheme yeah that's no crazy, that's so though. true you guys should be like getting well you guys do that guys get better looking as they grow old that's like their like beauty and then yeah. women were like ah no but really like i love that i love all this advice this is so good i really appreciate this conversation i don't know that you i don't know that we've ever experienced a podcast in the middle of nature like with the most breathtaking views i mean this is is how you have inspired inspired conversations i love it i I love love it too this is you know I, I feel like now, um, being here in Zion, like, I like being outside, and I always say I like being outside, but it's like, no, I need to, like, be outside I feel more. the same way. I, I love nature. It recharges my soul, and now I'm kind of reflecting back and going, no wonder I've been kind of funky lately because I've been inside too much because it's hot mm-hmm. in Texas right now, so yeah. we're just like, whatever, but it's freaking hot out here, and we've been outside yeah, it's like, for been, days, yeah. you know, with no but AC. With no AC. There's no option for AC here. So you have to, like, find a new level it's of toleration. It's over 100 degrees. Yeah. It's know? warm out here. It's not like it's yeah. mild. It's like, a hun- yeah, 100 it, all the time, yeah. yeah. 150. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> That's how it feels. <laughs> but no, it's it like this was the first rain, and like now it's like kind of cooled off. But even at night, it's like it's not that cold. Like, no, <laughs> no, not this week. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, being out in nature really does recharge you. Mm-hmm. E- like even if you just like go for a walk yeah just do it and like if you can do it with your partner even better like i feel like that's one of my favorite memories of quarantine was walking with josh every single day for at least 45 minutes like we were just connected we, it was so nice we were so appreciative to be outside like yeah. and i kind of well, i'm gonna go back and be like hey we need to talk about this we need to do this like you, you want to know what we call it well it's so cheesy what? fucking walkie talkie walkie talkie so let's oh. go on a walkie talkie <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're a relationship changer and you know 
it doesn't always necessarily lead to the fact that like you guys are on the same page or that you want the same things. You know that it's possible that you can get to a space where you're like, oh, we don't. It's so good to know that earlier. Yeah. And be like, hey, are you actually interested in it? And like have that conversation because like maybe you can move on and, it, and it's okay. But like when you do realize that like, oh wow, we are on the same path. Like we do, we are seeing the same things. Yeah. And so what we end up doing a lot of times was like. I would because I because like I was about, I'm always a reader. Mm-hmm. I would always share with Britt whatever I was reading. Mm, so it, it would yeah. eventually get to a spot where we're the conversations lulled because we've either gotten more tired or we're just into that space where we've asked each other about our day or our week or like what we're what we're thinking about. And now we're at this spot. It's like my, my mind would always go to the reading, and, and it was it was amazing that like I started reading a lot of no, even more nonfiction books. And I was like, babe, they're talking about this kind of crazy stuff. Have you ever heard about this kind of stuff like this? Mm. And it opened up conversations that we wouldn't have otherwise. Because otherwise, I'm just going to tell her about my day or my friends. Yeah. Or, or, or the past. Yeah. About like, bullshit. Yeah. That doesn't, what you already it know. doesn't really matter, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, like, that, that, it's only kind of relevant. And it's only um, relevant, like, in my mind for a moment, right? Yeah. But it's like these other questions, you know, you start asking them to your partner. And you're like, man, we're going to, you start getting the same vision. Like, we're going to build something cool together. Oh, and so, cool. so here's the big way you always know if, like, you're in a good relationship or not is that when you picture your future, do you picture yourself with that person? Yeah. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Like, if you don't picture them in your future, like, you know. And a lot of times you find out by asking them, like, like, what do you want to be doing? Like, are you happy right now? Like, is this, will you want to change it up a little bit? And, like, ask about, like, every little piece of your life. And so you guys can, like, finally connect and have open communication. You're not telling them what you want. You're asking them what would make them happy. Not even, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, we asked the same seven or above rule. You know, ask them one to ten, how was the week? What can we do to improve it? Yeah, every week we check in and we call it updating the rules. And we're like, hey, that was a little name. We, we name. We, listen, <laughs> so we, cute. we name it. like a, a book. Like. My, my, my little sister, so she's not, she just turned 19 and she's been staying the night with us her entire life. And so okay. she's watched us grow as a couple. You yeah. know, she's like, she was like four at our wedding, you know. Yeah. And um, it was really cool because one time she came over and we, we were saying something. He made some clicky noise. He made some weird noise, and I just knew what we were, I knew what we were doing. She goes, "You guys have your own language." I'm like, oh, "We freaking do." So I think we're sharing a little bit of that with you today. I love that. But yeah, we update the rules every week. Like we don't wait until we're mad at each other and like, "Why yeah. aren't you putting the toilet seat down?" Like yeah. I've been pissed for weeks. Like, yeah. um, well, that's dumb. You should have just said, "Hey, like." It's kind of irritating that the toilet seats sound late or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, just have a normal conversation. Don't take it so serious, you know. Mm. And also, he tracks my moon cycle. So, mm. yeah. Oh, that's, so a, that's definitely a spot. <laughs> yeah. And again, I learned this from being in the salon. I learned this from just sitting there and listening to clients. And w- what I realized is that, like, man, this really affects women. Because, again, yeah. as guys, we don't know this. Yeah. Like, we are dumb it's to all talk. of this. No one ever talks about it ever. It's, it's almost like, ew, period, do you get that? Like, I, I want to hear about that. It's like, wh- why? Yeah, and what, what you end up doing, so that's natural, right? Yeah. All, all, the women, all the women have that. Yeah. And so it's like, rather than resisting that, why not build your relationship around it? Yeah. So you build your, build your social schedule around it. You build the work life around it. You build, like, how often you're going to be, like, talking about more intense topics around that. That way it's so much easier. And as a guy, it kind of gives us a blueprint. It's like... I'm not mentioning that for about a week, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in a week. It's not I'll important. bring her brownies and then I'll ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then like for the guy to have an awareness of that and to know that like that's a thing and that they go through it and that they will be going through it for a long time. So like mm. you're either going to resist it every month and be a dick or you're going to like figure it out and, you know, su- support your lady. And so 
it, for me, it just opened my eyes so much to like, oh man, she's like basically four different people as the month goes along. Yes. And she, she has different wants, she has different yeah. needs, she has different things that are going to make her upset. And so like, you just have to move with that. Like, you're not going to change it. Like that, that's yeah. not going to, it's not going to change. That's how it is. In, oh in the beginning, he took it personally. Like when I was in like PMS mode, like it's hard. everything's irritating and he's like in the vicinity, like yeah. he just absorbs it and it's like, oh, it must be my fault. And so we would clash really hard. And then, you know, when you're already feeling that way, it just makes it like, why are you in on this? Like, yeah. well, I'm already, I'm already going through it. Why are you adding to it? Mm. And when he finally, he said to me, you're only good one week out of the month. And I didn't, I mean, I was like, well, that, that was a wake up call for me. Like, well, what the fuck is wrong with my emotional roller coaster? Like, how do mm. I get, how do I get a rain in on this? So I have like a more even keeled experience, like. And so it's taken time and practice to be able to move through those seasons and energy levels, you know, like our energy wanes, just yeah. like the moon does. And so we have to honor that. And hey, the other thing, this is how we actually learn the wisdom, uh, you know, honeymoon, like the next five vacations all on my moon cycle. I'm like, mm, we should probably figure out when that's going to be and not book our vacations. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it all started off. And, you know, you know, tracking it, I ended up tracking it for that and, and realizing like, oh my God, this is a thing. Like, this is shit. Like, this, this, is, this is important for me to know about, not just for me to be aware of, but for me to understand. And that way, like I said, it, it, it basically just showed me what I could do with my relationship during the, during where her cycle was. And it was like, it made everything incredible because you stopped. I felt like I was paddling upriver for a long time but I wasn't really getting anywhere. I'm just constantly paddling. And, and what I feel like this did instead was just kind of turn the canoe around. I don't paddle anymore. I just kind of, I just go where the river is going to take me. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I'm okay with the way the cycle goes. Like it, it, I can't change it. So, you know, yeah. I've kind of accepted that. And it makes everything easy. Yeah. I know what to expect. Yeah. And it's not like I'm trying to encourage any like craziness, but you know, it's like, okay, all right, that's where we're at. Okay, that's cool. All right, let's roll with that. Not resist it. Not be like, why are you doing like this right now? It's you're doing that because of hormones. You're doing that because of the things you can't control. When when we went to Tulum, um, we learned that with the Mayan shaman. She was like, women are are four people in one, and men, they for so long didn't understand women, so they tried silencing us. They tried neutralizing out our hormones. They wanted us to be neutral, which is what birth control is. And I was like, oh, I have four different personalities. And I don't know them. And I called my boyfriend. I was like, yo, <laughs> we need to talk about my birth control because I don't want this shit anymore. So we got to decide what we want to do. You want to freeze your eggs or something, get a vasectomy because, like, we talked about that a long time ago. And I think that's going to be the thing. And, yeah. and like, he was like, can you come home so we can talk about that? <laughs> like, two days ago. Can we ago, take a walk? Yeah. Like, I, like, you just laid this all on me telling me that, like, this was, like, a 911. You, you, I, I know all four of your personalities, Shelby. I know them. And I was like, no, I don't know them. So you don't know them. <laughs> it's true, though. And I think when we can recognize that and honor it, we can give ourselves permission to relax and not be so hard on ourselves all the time mm -hmm. or push when yeah. we don't have the energy. When we started um, our yoga teacher training um, in Ashtanga, they don't practice yoga on your, the first three days of your moon cycle. And so I'm going to honor the practice that I'm learning. And so we just started implementing that in our lives. And when I rested more, he would step up and like make dinner, you know, whereas I prefer to like make dinner every night, it's, you know, yeah. and it was just really beautiful how I would allow myself that feminine energy to ask for help. And he 
have that awareness of like, I know, you know, I, I don't really understand what you're going through, but I've witnessed it long enough to know this is what is going to make all of this work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back to, um, wait, do you feel complete about this subject? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you feel? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, I want to circle back to you saying that you're reading, um, and that you're a reader. So one thing that I learned from 75 hard was I could conquer my limiting belief of I'm not smart enough through reading, reading books. And like, I always had this, like, I swear to God, I had this limiting belief where I was like, I'm not smart enough. I like, it's because I didn't go to college. I, I chose hair over college and that was stupid of me. And now people are not going to see me for more than just a hairstylist. I, I don't have an authority in any other way, unless I want to talk about how your color's doing. And, or if, if you want to have sex with me, like, honestly, it was like, okay, if you're a man and you're attracted to me, I can talk to you about that. Or if you're a woman, do you want to get your hair done? I can talk to you about that. But like, everything else I felt like I couldn't contribute to. And then after a while in a relationship, it's like, well, I'm not talking to you about my clients. I don't know what the hell to talk to you about because I have no other information coming to me besides like gossip on social media and shit talking. Yeah. Um, so reading really helped me like with my conversations with my boyfriend and like he'll read a book and he'd be like, Hey, I really want you to read this book when I'm done. Cause I, I want someone to talk to about this book. And, I'll, and it's, it's almost fun now because it's like, oh, like, I'm so excited. Like, hey, babe, you should really read this book. I, I found so much about it. And I took some notes. He takes notes. I don't take notes. Um, Chris and, notes. Yeah. yeah. Totally I, I, Chris I, I'm like, hey, after, give me the Chris notes of that book you just read. Yeah. Nice. Josh is very organized with that shit. He's yeah. like, notes, highlights. Oh, you know? my. Oh, All man. That's, stuff. that's yeah, so good. Yeah. Evernote, like, file, 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 file. Oh, file. yeah. Like, oh, my God. They sound like they'd be besties. Oh, my God. He's, this is a note taken. I mean, his, oh, so we go to the Cannabis Cup, right, in California. And where do we go? To the freaking classes so that we can learn all the yeah. knowledge. Like, uh, like Christopher, come on. And he's like over there. I've never seen him type so fast with his thumbs on his phone, taking notes of all the speakers and what they're saying. And I'm like, holy moly, Aquarius over there, like soaking up all that just info. It's really beautiful to watch because I feel like way more visual and colors mm -hmm. and sparkles and earth and, you know, like. So it's really cool that we've been able to accept that we're so fucking different. Yes. But we can meet in the middle and have this amazing, like, share, beautiful shares, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah the, the secret about book reading, is, and it's such a secret, people have not caught on to this. And I, I'm, I'm glad 75 Heart exists because otherwise so few, few people would be reading right now. But the secret about reading is that you do not read for you. You read to have conversations with other people. <gasps> Yeah. That's the secret. You are not reading for your own benefit. That's not it. So if, if you're doing that, you're missing it. Um, I have to plug this right here because I created a, a challenge for hairstylists, which is off of 75 Heart. It's called the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Challenge. And you have to read 10 pages of an educational mo motivational book. And I think, like, I, I based the rules one off of 75 Heart, but in, like, a hairdressing, like, a way that I think that the hairdresser could, like, entry level into 75 Heart. And I'm like, don't you want to have better conversations with your clients? Don't you want to, like, contribute a little bit more than just their color formula? And, like, with your spouse, it, like, it trickles down into everything. Like, it's not only just with your clients, it's with your spouse. It's like, and I, I love that secret that you there, read. Are, you brought yeah. up another one. You brought up another secret. And this is a big secret. Tell me. This is huge, huge. If you can get this, I promise your relationship will change immediately. 
and you'll get more of what you want in life. I'm telling you, this is this is the secret. Fucking pull over and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already. <laughs> People will not take your advice when you're in a relationship with them. That won't's not how it will happen. Yeah. But if you say you read it in a book, they will take that advice. They cannot argue with you or they cannot argue about it with you because it's not your advice. Yeah. So if you say, I read this, hey, listen to this thing I read in the book. What do you think about this? And you tell them something. You tell them that what you want. You tell them like, what I read in the book is that if people will get into bed 30 minutes early and be intimate with each other or hold each other or talk about it, their relationship will improve 10 times. Is that true? Uh, who cares, right? It doesn't yeah. matter. Is yeah. that what you want? Is it, do you want to tell them about something? Like allow them to kind of pick and choose what they want to believe, what's right for them. But like give them new options, suggest things. And if your direct suggestion is not helpful, because that doesn't work with everybody. Mm. You read it in a magazine, you read it in a book. And if it, go find that book, go find that magazine that says that. Whatever it is that you're talking about, so you can share that with them. You'll change your whole relationship. People yeah. will start to respond to you in new ways. And back when you ever thought before like, man, if he would just do these things, this would work out. Tell them it was in a book. Yeah. Tell them to improve their relationship. Tell them they had a better sex life. Tell them to improve their money. That if they would do this together, this would happen. And they'd be totally successful. It's really weird how that works. Yeah, it, you know, Josh was like, oh, I read in this book or like from whatever that you can't let your, your girlfriend or your spouse pick what they want you to wear. You should, like as a man, if you want to dress like, it was something about like dressing masculine and dressing like in your own style, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get advice from your spouse. You should pick your own outfits, like based on your style. And, or like you should have like a stylist who is a male help you with your your outfits you shouldn't have your spouse pick it and like because he read it i didn't question it i was like all right fine i can't tell you what's cute <laughs> but ever since he started doing that i'm like wow i'm so much more attracted to you because i like your style you i go. like that you picked that style and maybe it's because he said he read it in the book and it was just like some trickery on my mind <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was like stop telling me what to wear <laughs> but it's true that you know we're just built that way you know for some reason you kind of believe your friends but you're kind of like well no that person's a little bit crazy and your partner is the same way. And so, like, if you really want to talk to them, sometimes you have to say things in a different way than you currently are. You can't beat them over the head with information. People don't accept it, and they will not change. So if you're hoping, like, oh, my gosh, it'll be different in six months, it won't, unless you make the suggestion for it to be different. Like, yeah. and if you get mad, it definitely will not be different. People don't learn through anger. You know, that just that leaves more of the resentment we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So you have, to, you have to tell them in an indirect way. You have to explain it to them so that they don't feel attacked, they don't feel abused about it they can sit around and think about it for a moment. Like let the, let, let it, let them marinate, let them like come to their own conclusion that that's the way they want to do it. And just like you did. Yeah. It's a better, it's better. Not, now if he was like, you're not going to do this anymore. I hate it. You'd be like, whoa, 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 that's aggressive. Yeah. But if he's like, Hey, I, I heard this thing. I read this thing. My friend was talking to me about this and then gave you the information. You'd be like, Oh, that could be true. Rather than resisting. Yeah. So good. It's different. So, Brittany, I have a question for you. What's up? What are you working on currently, and what are you curious about? Oh, okay. It's still a great my question, qu right? Still my question. Yeah, okay. Stole it. I was like, damn. Writing that one down. I know. I, I don't want to care about all the fluffy stuff. All right. Well, I'm currently curious about a n the new direction I'm taking in life. So I think it kind of both questions kind of go hand in hand. My dad passed away this year and I'm wanting to let go of my salon and my clients and so it's been like I'm at a huge turning point. 
I'm currently working on a program for stylists to not only create six figures in their life, but create those energetic boundaries and custom create the clientele and the experience that they want, not what they think their client, you know, like yes. you'll attract the people that, you know, want what you're creating, not like, well, can I people please? And, and, and maybe they'll come in, you know? So I just really want to help stylists. I, I found in my coaching, I, I coach female entrepreneurs, right? That was my, in the beginning, I'm like, this is who I help. And over time I've attracted hairdresser after hairdresser after woo woo hairdresser. Not, I mean, wow. literally the first hairdresser that booked my coaching that started this ripple effect, she said, I was looking for a full moon ritual and I found your blog and I just loved your message and I went to hire you as a coach and read you were a hairdresser. I didn't even know. And so it was really interesting how the universe was like, boom, here you go. So working with woo hairstylists to work on their soul and transition to what's that next step in their career that's mm. maybe outside of hair. You know, maybe it, it still involves taking that knowledge and doing something different with it. Um, or maybe it's following a totally different path. I, I'm seeing more and more stylists go, I don't want to stand on my feet my whole life. Or for me personally, I don't want to be around chemicals. Mm. And so... The, living a healthy li lifestyle, starting a, a you know an eco-friendly, clean, vegan beauty salon, it was really important for me to make sure I was eliminating all the chemicals in my life, and it was really hard to do that when I that's my profession, you know, like what am I gonna do? So I'm like, well, I'll clean it up as best as I can. But even still, if I, you know, my truth is that I gotta get away from that, you yeah. know, like love it, but gotta get away and help women feel good about themselves without doing the highlights. Mm. Um, so goddess retreats, something I love doing and couples retreats keep coming up. Like every, every conversation we've had here at hair love, you know, they're like couples retreat. Yes, I'm in. And that's been brewing. But with my dad's passing, I really had to take time to heal, mm -hmm. take time to process. I mean, if I'm going to be a teacher of that, like I can only lead by example and follow my own advice. Right. And so that's, I'm finally on the outside of that. I mean, the layers of healing will always be there. I will always cry when certain songs come on, you know, whatever. Maybe it'll get a little bit less, but the the mental funk, the weird grief, you know, that like heaviness, I feel has lifted and this has definitely been the experience that I needed because I host these experiences for people and it's so important for us to take time to do that for ourselves. So mine is an equal balance of creating these experiences to help stylists love themselves and reclaim their power, but also my own personal healing journey of what do I need right now and what's best for me. And right now I want to move to the woods. So that's, <laughs> I'm curious about where my fucking farmhouse is on, <laughs> on 10 plus acres, please. <sighs> I feel like that's something that's super beautiful about um, the hair industry is there's so many parts of it. I think when the average person thinks about a stylist, they just think about the person behind the chair and, some of them have podcasts, some of them have product lines. I mean, some of them have like all these businesses that kind of attach onto their, their main one. And I think it's like, we live in such a cool time where that's even available. I mean, like the fact that you can have an online presence right now is absurd. If you're not taking advantage of it, you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, like now's the time, it's free. It literally, yeah. you have to get the phone in your hand, you can create everything with just that phone. Yeah. Like it, when you get fancy once you make a lot of money with it. Yeah. And it's just incredible that like so many people just somehow think they don't have the tools or they can't do it. You just do it. Like nobody knows what they're doing. You yeah. figure it out. You know, fumble a lot. There's a lot of fails, a lot of fumbles. And I think that where hairstylists are right now is like an interesting year because since all the shutdowns and everything, this sort of made you pivot. It made you think about, okay, what am I going to do instead of this? Or what am I going to do to add on to this to make it better? Mm 
and I feel like this is, I, I'm excited to where like all this goes. I'm curious really about how this industry and specifically women end up transitioning to, I think what we, what the real normal should be, you know, we're like, mm. I think that coming out here and seeing the women here, I'm, I'm so much more curious about where do you guys take it? You know, uh, sorry, that triggered something. Um, when we were in uh, Tulum, the shaman was saying that the reason why this, why 2020 happened was because the elders now, the elders in the Mayan culture, they're on vacation, they're on holiday, they're done. And the reason why they're done is because there is a change in the world and we are now the new elders. And we are in a point where women are going to start showing their true power. It's not a coincidence that with, that there are more successful women in the world. It's because it is our time now to come to power because we are the elders. We are the next generation. We are the ones who are showing people what is, like, we're rewriting history right now. Well, we're creating history, but... It's like, it's not a coincidence that women, there are more women CEOs than ever, that there are more women business, like, owners than ever. And it's because that, that's what we're, like, that's in this point of time what we're supposed to do. Just talk we, to that. We are creating her story. Yeah. We're done with his story. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have to rebalance the masculine energy, like, masculine feminine energy. I'm not talking about body parts. I'm talking yeah. about force versus flow you know yeah. and we've been forced and and manipulated and all of those qualities that aren't work they worked for a minute mm -hmm. to make the ones that were in power more powerful and that's what I think we're starting to see more exposure of and that it's unhealthy and it's not about community and it's not about everybody is equal and how can we all help each other and that's what is shifting is that feminine energy rising up and saying no we've got to come together We've got to like, you know, create more nurturing and more love and allow our emotions to come out and be okay with the range that we experience and not be neutralized because that our feelings are our power because they show us what we're experiencing in this present moment and how we can consciously respond. And the problem is we haven't been conscious until now. Wow. Yeah. So good. So, um, one of the things that I've shared with everyone I've podcasted with, which is so fucking ironic. Before I started my podcast, I wrote down my dream 20 of people that I wanted to interview. And one of the things Elizabeth told me in our last like coaching session was how, when you're planning your future, you don't even know how good it could be. So when I was writing down my dream 20, I put you, Brittany, as, Shut as an interview. No way. Shut and I didn't up. know that it would come with Chris. And this conversation is so much better. Like, not saying that we're no, not that good I, with No, I can agree. You. I can agree. I'm glad you invited him. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. This Dude, really, like, no thank you shot. for putting us on your vision board. Like, <laughs> how cool is that? I feel so honored. Dude, oh my gosh. I'm like... In Zion, did you think that's where no, we podcast? I, like, Fuck Zoom. Like, right? <laughs> you better get on that vision board. I mean, yeah, holy I, like, smokes. I've contacted my mentor who, like, had me write it down. And I'm like, you don't even understand. Because he, like, we met in um, Mexico and in January. And he's like, so when you start a new podcast? And I was like, I should start a podcast, right? Like, I, I like talking to people. And he's like, yeah. And then he started working with me and Josh. 
together and he was like okay first thing you're gonna do write down 20 people that you want on your podcast and I'm like but like these and he's like write it down look up the best podcast the best people in your industry and who you want to align your message with and write it down and I was like okay and he's like and you'll figure it out and I was like holy shit so it's even better it like it ties in him and Elizabeth saying like you don't even know how good it can be so thank you guys yeah always leave room for that extra sparkle magic yeah I I'm thank thank you for putting me on your board so that we can have this conversation. I really hope that there's been you know so many wisdom takeaways because even hearing it, you know, hearing the dialogue between you guys, I'm over here like hmm, evaluating my life because (laughs) we're all at a turning point. You know, I'm also realizing all the trickery he's done on my mind. Yeah, what what are you doing over there, Mr. Hypnosis? Um, so where can my followers find you guys? Yep. So you can find the Elevated Life Club on Instagram or our individuals are at The World by Brit and, and at Hey, It's Carmichael. So good. Yeah. So. I think if you really like this kind of wisdom and you're looking for transformation, the best place to really start like easy access, start working with us, access 40 master classes that we've already taught. We have a monthly membership club called the Elevated Life Club. Mm-hmm. And you can go to the elevatedlifeclub.com to check out all the yogas, meditations, master classes. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> master classes. <laughs> he, he's ready. He's like chomping <laughs> at the bit. He's like, I want to be in it. Let me go. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. He's like bouncing up and down excited. But yeah, the Elevated Life Club was created because we started the podcast. We started the YouTube. We were doing, you know, creating all this content, but we wanted to go deeper. You know, you don't, you don't always get to share like the how and the full formula and the system. And we were like, you know, we really, we've been doing this for a while. We really want to help people out and we want to teach some yoga and meditation. And so we created the Elevated Life Club about four years ago. And that's, we knew we were always supposed to work together. He thought he would do hair because he basically went to school with me. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd do real estate. We really neither of us should be doing those things and we finally came together to realize the elevated life teaching these you know the wisdom that we've learned through the trial and error of our own life and what's worked for us and like we only we only have good vibes in mind to help other people heal and that's why when you told me about your podcast I was it was a hell yes because this is a message that I want to support for people like you can have a healthy and happy life and like you get you've already created so much of it by choosing to be a hairdresser like mm. why not enjoy it oh so good oh thank you guys so much again and as always you are what you think you are aspire to inspire and we'll catch you next time